Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ick girls, we the itch girls. I got Jenny and Lindsay in this bitch girl. Make your move, your hips were sipping gin, girl. Make your bounce, your tits like it's a jig, girl. Like boom. So welcome to the podcast once again, your second uh, guest appearance, Mr. Jamie Hey guys, it's Jamie Bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, we were just saying before we started recording that we had you on like two years ago. We were talking about the... Uh, Award show that shall not be named, but that many people yeah, will we, know. We won't bring again. <laughs> we won't give them any more free publicity. I think I am living to see the Zoom how they configure that. I know. You know like they're going to be like in breakout rooms for the different tables. <laughs> I think it's going to make Love Ireland Zooms look like an Oscar-winning performance. I think yeah. it's going to be bad. I know they're going to put like talking points into the Zoom room. They're like discuss this for the viewers. <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering what the, because uh, we usually do an it gal shit gal uh, for the red carpet. Pink um, carpet, I think you oh, mean. Oh, sorry, the pink carpet. Um, But this year, I'm like, you know, what are we going to be wearing? I saw that the theme was Hollywood glamour. How? Mm. <laughs> okay. What a shite theme. I'm sorry. That's like me, 10 years old, for my birthday party, being like, Hollywood glamour, mum. You know? Yeah, Prince Harry. And, oh, yes. and so not reflective of the times Like have a bit of fun with it Like Hollywood glamour in your living room Yeah <laughs> Without access to the designer clubber They should have done like a slumber party like, Yes look- Yeah or like pyjama chic you know That would have been so yeah. sexy Yeah pyjama chic would have been cool Rihanna vibes Yeah When she was bopping around with the wine glass and the yeah. PJs But uh, we won't give them any more ideas <laughs> <laughs> Because we know they love to steal from this podcast. Uh, uh, so it is trademarked. It is, it is. Uh, so, Jamie, we wanted to get you on. Obviously, uh, in the last week, there has been the New York Times ex-Hulu um, documentary about Britney Spears. It's called Framing Britney Spears. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lots of people were saying that on your stories you were talking about it and they were like, Jamie knows his stuff. And you are a stan of Britney Spears. Am I correct? Oh, I'm fully a stan. Like, I literally, my story was already, like, it turned into one of the stories where the little dots are, like, tiny, and it's, like, a thousand little dots. And I was like, I still have more to say. Do you know what I mean? Okay, amazing. Because I am so, like, I'm really interested in the Britney thing, and I obviously, like, loved her when I was growing up and, like, you know, was this close to getting a butterfly tattoo and all that kind of shit, but... We needed to call in a stan. Yes. Because it's so complex. And because she's so big, it's so hard to actually know, like, what's going on. Yeah. And then with her breakdown, like, there's so many, like, details and, like, 
smaller aspects that loads of people forget that happened yeah because I think it was just it was a period of time you know we tried to do an episode on it and we realized while doing it we did this back in August I think when all the TikTok stuff was going on about mm. free Britney um we realized it was so hard to actually kind of categorize it and get it like in, in its proper order, you know, that way. Cause it's like, there's all these, there's just this famous clips of the like, you know, quote unquote breakdown. But then there's like the pre breakdown, which was also chaotic. There was the post breakdown, which was just like really sad and confusing. And she kind of went in and out of the spotlight for so long. And that's also when I always find it really hard to kind of categorize when her albums were coming out and stuff like that. And then where did Vegas fit in? Um, but when did you like fall in love with Britney? you're a good bit younger than Lindsay and I and we were like I was peak age of when Britney came out Britney yeah. came out when I was like eight you would have been around 10 and we were like the target audience we were like I saw Crossroads in the cinema and I remember <laughs> sitting in that cinema watching Crossroads and being like I never want this movie to end yeah. I could happily live my life watching this movie it's so good <laughs> Yeah, me too. But I think that says something about our taste level because it literally was voted like one of the worst movies ever. Like, I don't so know much. how. There was so much in that. Like the girl had a... Remember her friend had the miscarriage and then she dipped her toes in the water. Like The one from Orange is the New Black. Yeah. I loved, oh, I loved it. Yeah. Britney came out before I was born. So like... Ah! <laughs> oh my God. Are okay. You? Wow. I feel seen. I was trying to do the math in my head and then you've, you've confirmed it. Okay, so, so maybe one more time. The single was released in 1998, and I was still in utero. And then <laughs> the video came out in 99. I still didn't exist. And then I was born in 2000. So I literally, like, when I say I grew up with Britney's music, like, I was like a baby, like, listening to it, like, all the time. And then my family used to live like an hour outside of Dublin. So we would always drive in and out and we literally had one CD and it was Britney's greatest hits. And I think that that was like a compilation that came out in like 2004. And we would just listen to it all the time because it was this year one CD. And I didn't even know like what music was. I didn't even know who Britney was. I just was like, I like this music. Mm-hmm. And four-year-old me is living in the backseat of the Toyota fucking Yaris. You know what I mean? I love, my mum and dad played Van Morrison. Yeah, that we was were, our car music. That we was were a big Van Morrison family as well, and the Beach Boys. Uh, we had Bob Marley. That was my oh, my cu- my swaggy one. But Van Morrison, <laughs> I was like, there'll be days like this, <laughs> and I, oh, like listening to him, I'll oh, I'll get this feeling in my stomach of like car sickness. Oh, really? Because it would be always when we were going down to Cork on a big long journey. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's like it's like nostalgic. Yeah. yeah. So you grew up listening to her. That is gas. I mean, and then so when you kind of you know, grew up and were able to like discover your own kind of music. You just always kind of, that was like the foundation. Yeah. And people in the documentary, one of the guys is saying like, oh, Brittany helped me like accept myself and be who I was, which I didn't really like relate to because Brittany is not the type of person who writes her own music. Like, you know, Lady Gaga, a lot of like gays, like identify with her music because of like Born This Way and everything. And Brittany never really did that. But I always just gravitate towards her music because Anytime I had to go through anything in my life, Britney's music just made me feel good. So if I felt sad, it wasn't that Britney was like consoling me. It just was like the music is so comforting to me. So I just always gravitated back to it. Yeah, like you're like connecting to it in a, it's comforting rather than like the the meaningful lyrics or whatever else like that. And I think that, you know, that kind of music, people always wonder how people like connect to pop music. But I think it just, it always depends on, you know, where you are in your life that time. It doesn't, and your own interpretation of the lyrics or the music in itself, you know, that way it can be, 
escapism as well yeah. like that's like what a lot of art and music can do is just like make you like not connect to your reality sometimes mm-hmm. and that can be comforting in and of itself you know yeah especially pop like I you know Spice Girls were a band that I kind of grew up with and I'll listen back to say like that song to Beca- to become one and be like remembering me as like a 12 year old being like apparently it's about when people are making love and they <laughs> become one person how gross is that and it's about putting on a condom I was like ew <laughs> but now yeah I'll listen to that and you'll just kind of remember the innocence but like that really stood out to me in the start of the documentary when they were showing the stands over in America and like you said there was one guy who was like she made me accept who I am and then there was another woman screaming into the microphone being like when Britney shaved her head I shaved my head because I didn't want anyone to touch me and it is like really shows like I mean you mentioned Lady Gaga that Lady Gaga is huge but like the level of stan and obsession that Britney like that breeds through Britney is Mm. insane and that's what Gaga said when she created like her fan base little monster she was like I want to bring back the super fan like Britney's fans like she was inspired by Britney to do that because that kind of was lost in the later 2000s whereas like Britney always had a dedicated fan base and even like um, when she most recently was in Dublin in 2018 um, of course I had to go and queue at like 9am but there was already about 20 people there they're like we got here at 6 where was they she? Were from, they were from Cork they no were like we, we came up at 5 we've been here since 6 I was like <laughs> oh my god so like, what, what was she doing here in 2018? So she did the, like, the residency piece of me. Then she did the piece of me world tour. But we'll yeah. get into the timeline a bit later, I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the start of the documentary, I think. So this documentary was made right around the time of when the Free Britney movement kind of became more mainstream, right? It was, like, when people yeah. were, like, protesting outside the courthouse, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I love that, that the power of social media, like I we said yeah. last week on the podcast about, like, the R. Kelly documentary. I love that, like... You know, the public and the adoration and kind of care for like a big personality like Britney through social media, you can actually drive its importance Mm -hmm. where like obviously for years they've been trying to cover up whatever is going on. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Same way like Kim Kardashian is doing so much for like people in prison by like sharing their stories online and blah, blah, blah. And then I know I listened to your podcast about the Paris Hilton documentary. Mm. She's doing so much for like state institutions Mm. because it's so abusive and like Britney's fans are now campaigning against conservatorships in America so like people think that these are just like pop stars and like reality stars they're like literally changing laws yeah Mm -hmm. I mean and you know I remember so I remember like say if we're thinking around uh post break downtime when the conservatorship kind of came into effect I remember being like I guess the media then had such a hold over the narrative that it was really portrayed as like a good thing and that like it kind of to me it sounded like I had no idea that her dad was just so not really involved in her life you know that really was apparent through the documentary that they were like the dad was like in and out of uh, rehab when she was younger he wasn't really present it was her mum who was always there on the road with her her mum seemed to be way more like involved in her when she was like a big superstar um but I remember the, the media kind of making it out like, oh, don't worry, it's like her dad, he's going to be taking care of her. And I remember it like, at that time, I was like 17, 18 when this was happening, I guess 2007, 2008. And I remember being like, oh my God, so positive. Like, it's great. It's it's lovely that her mm. dad is the one that can take care of her, but it's so much more than taking care of someone. It's literally like, be, like being able to, you know, run all of her finances, make her business decisions, you know, the list goes on. Uh, so I think that, 
that is so amazing that like the Britney stands have actually been able to like raise so much awareness of what a conservatorship is because I've never fucking heard of that thing you know that way ever um but yeah I found that uh what did you think of like how her kind of the pre-fame era in the documentary was made out to be I I loved that part it was so nostalgic for her as a child and stuff yeah, I think it was one of the better documentaries recently, obviously because it's like New York Times, it's a bit more official because they had, you know, Felicia, who was like Britney's friend yeah. and like past assistant and everything. Whereas before there have been documentaries, but it has been very like third party. Mm. But this a bit more like real. Um, the documentary is really comprehensive in terms of like covering her childhood, the Mickey Mouse Club, and then it didn't really go into depth, but when that ended, like Britney literally was like in LA shooting the show with Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, and then had to go back to Louisiana and go back to high school. And her parents had to like remortgage their home because they didn't have that paycheck coming in from Britney. Britney was literally funding the family. But then you see like her sister, like Jamie Lynn Spears doing Zoe 101. It's like clearly the parents had, they had big dreams for their kids because I don't know if it was really ever something that they had wanted to do as kids and they were kind of, living vicariously through their own children but I just thought it was really interesting and the documentary did a really good job at like covering all of that yeah childhood. I think it's hard to know um you know I'm a parent obviously and the thoughts of putting my children through you know there's one thing like I mean I don't think any child can really decide that even if you know they say like even if Britney was enjoying you know, being on TV and working and, you know, all that kind of thing. Can you really decide though? And especially she wouldn't have known anything different. You know, when you see her 10 years old singing like, you know, warbling on stage and stuff and acting like a mini adult and then that guy asking her, you know, have you got a boyfriend? That was so gross. That actually gave me like an ick. And that is how... You're like already sexualizing like a seven-year-old That is what happened back in the day. Like that was not you know abnormal even I remember myself being 10 and being you know around adults and stuff that was like way more normalized to speak to children like mm. that but um so yeah I think it is strange and especially I think you know we've we saw the same with Shia LaBeouf he spoke about like the weight and pressure of being the the provider as mm. a child is bizarre yeah like imagine your kids like paying your bills and you were like this is reliant on me sending you to work and, mm-hmm. and imagine like growing up as that child and like feeling that like it was the same with the Olsen twins I'm pretty sure like you know that you are the like sole income of the family and you know it, a lot of the time what happens is you know um the fa- the parents will quit their job half because if for the child to actually be doing you know showbiz they have to be there all the time but also probably because they are bringing in so much money but that must be such a bizarre burden to carry as a child but it's just wrong oh yeah it is do you know do you guys remember like I remember I was in Spain one year with my family and I was probably about 10 or 11 when I first kind of noticed money as a thing Mm. um I remember like we were having this like dinner in Spain and I saw the bill and I'd never thought about money but I saw like something like 150 pounds I was like oh my god my mum and dad like freaking out and like yesterday I was in Dunn's and I was just throwing a load of shit into the trolley and Riley was like go easy there mum go easy you're spending a lot and I was like oh wow he's beginning to become aware of money and Mm. that weirdness of money you know as a child so I can't imagine I think children should be like unaware of money for as long as possible I think that 
as kids kind of grow older they do become more aware of money but imagine being the one providing that money yeah like mm. not even feeling guilty about spending it it's like you're going to feel guilty if you have a, a bad show do you know what I mean because you're like oh the ticket sales aren't going to be as good yeah mm-hmm. or Brittany as you said you know how like the Mickey Mouse Club did it end yeah that's what happened Cancelled after I think I think she was on it for two years Okay and then she says She mentions it really briefly In the documentary I didn't know about the remortgaging Of her home and stuff But like she was like I went back to you know High school and she seemed to enjoy that You know I'm sure she did She got to like live Although she was like you know Like living her dreams And like the spotlight And all this kind of stuff And being on TV and performing Which I'm sure she did love Because um, she is a natural performer There's no doubt about it uh, But then getting to go back And enjoy high school But I'm sure there was also A level of guilt associated with that and you know you kind of see that being planned out uh, panned out then because like you know baby one more time was basically catapulted when she was like 17 16 right and like even behind the scenes I know I heard that like before and correct me if I'm wrong that she had like been basically signed at like 15 I think Mm -hmm. yeah so so, like and they cover that in the documentary as well and that's why Felicia is there and she's like I met with like Brittany and her mom in New York and her mom said like you know, Brittany's going to get a record deal and we want you to, she she was kind of saying, I didn't really know what my role was. Was I a friend? Was I a assistant? Was I a, a handler? I was just there to help out. So I was just given the title of like an assistant. So I would just like go with Brittany if she needed something, I would like help her out or whatever. And she went in and then she was signed to Jive. Um, I think when she was like 15 or 16 and then she went to Norway to record Baby One More Time. Um, and you can see in the documentary as well, nobody knew how much of a success it was because the clips of her performing in the mall and there's like 50 people standing around her. Imagine being like, crazy. I saw Britney Cruz and no one knew. That was so um, weird. And then the video came out and it just completely like, like it is iconic and it always will be. And it's that thing that's like, what's what's one thing or one instant that changed someone's career, or catapulted someone's career, that's that video because she literally went from nobody to somebody overnight. Yeah, and I and I can't remember if they said it in the documentary or not, but I remember definitely hearing in other documentaries and by other like accounts that she and it just shows like her how in charge of her image she was herself and that she had a, an actual image that she wanted to go for. She was the one who like tied up the uniform to make it like a belly top, and I'm pretty sure she was the one who like wanted the hair a certain way. So like she was very much aware of not only the kind of like image she wanted to project but also she was clearly confident in what she knew from like probably years in show business you know and I'm sure you've seen the David LaChapelle photo shoot from 1999 with Rolling Stones and she has the the Teletubby doll her boobs and in there's another really good documentary called Off the Rails and they basically in that they were saying that you know, Britney's manager had come in and they said, this is too much. Like, you need to, like, button up and you're kind of crossing a line here, but you're a young girl. Like, you don't need to do this. And Britney was like, yeah, okay, like, you're right. Like, we're going to take it back a minute. And then he left the room and Britney locked the door and said, get the camera ready, let's do it. Oh and she gosh. took those photos in her childhood room, like, literally with all her dolls behind her and she's, like, posing in her maximizer bra. Like, it's the literal, like, juxtaposition of being, like, a sexy grown woman but having that innocence there. Yeah, which I think that's what people kind of jumped off. Like when, you know, they were relating her to like, you know, being a bad role model, which we saw in the documentary as well, which is now getting a lot of heat. Diane Sawyer, 
you know, in her comments on um, Bette Milder, is that her name? She's also coming um, under fire for comments that she made. Um, so, so what do you think of that? What do you think that Britney was trying to um, gain from, like, doing that? Like, you know, holding onto the Teletubbies, being in her childhood room and playing on that. Like, do you think she was thinking, you know... You know, I'm kind of like, from my perspective, I'm like, okay, she's obviously like, she's a dancer. She has a great body. I can understand wanting to just like, like she said in interviews, like I'm a girl and I like to feel sexy. It mm. doesn't have to be anything more than that. But I think people can think like, oh, she was sexualizing herself to se like, to kind of, you know, the whole idea of sex sells and she was pushed in that way. What do you think? Well, like, obviously there's such a, a fine line between like you can sexualize yourself and do everyone and just because you post like a thirst trap on Instagram doesn't mean that people can say whatever they want to you or ask whatever they want like obviously Britney's doing that and then <clears throat> I saw a clip on Instagram I think it was on like one of those 2000 pages and it was Britney in an interview and the interviewer was like so we have to talk about like the elephant in the room and she was like well what is that and he was like your boobs and she's literally like 17 and he's like, well, you know, loads of people are saying that you've got them done. And she just was like, and Brittany always gave such good answers. Like she was like, I personally haven't. If other people want to, it's fine. But I don't want my fans to ban. Like she was the self-aware queen of being like, she was the first influencer. She was like, I don't want people to think I have a boob job and go get one to look like me. Yeah, no, she also, was really. Flexing her perfect boobs. She was like, no, yeah. not me. And also yeah. like, no, not me. I'm just 17 and have really perky tits. It's called like being a teenager, you know? But also um, the whole thing around Britney and the idea of like sex, that was like, I think what was so kind of titillating about Britney and what kind of created this whole like obsession and with the media and that kind of thing, because it was the juxtaposition of, you know, the and I don't, we don't know where this came from. So obviously, you know, I relate to her in a sense of like, she was brought up in a very like Christian community in Louisiana like her assistant said and you know they I think was it her management if we're going to talk about like the say the Justin and the virgin thing because mm -hmm. that was really when she got with Justin that I remember that whatever age I would have been I remember the constant obsession over her virginity her virginity and she always maintained you know like we saw in the documentary when she said no I am a virgin now Again, it's a completely inappropriate question to ask, but where did that come from, do you think? Did she, like, where well, did that come from? I think that she, like, she was, like, the big thing at the time was, like, mothers hate Britney. And in the Diane Sawyer interview, I can't exactly remember who it was, but she was, like, um, a senator's wife of some state said. Mm -hmm. And they played the clips, like, if I saw Britney Spears, I would shoot her in the face. Yeah, and you could see because how visibly I, upset I that, that made her. Well, that's... It's yeah. terrifying. Like, I mean, tattle life who? Tattle life who? Like, tattle life like, I'd eat for breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And um, she was like, well, you're, you want me to be a good role model to your daughter, but you're threatening violence against me, but whatever. Um, so mothers are like, she's a bad influence. She's too sexy. Um, like, because a lot of people's first introduction was this sexy schoolgirl. That's all they saw her as. They were like, you are li literally trying to like lure in men with your image. Mm -hmm. So they were like, we don't want our daughters to see this and then want to emulate it. So then I think that to kind of cancel that out, she was like, well, I am a virgin. I'm a good Christian girl and I'm waiting until marriage to have sex. 
Yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, we recently did an episode on uh, the whole kind of Marlon Manson kind of uh, allegations and, you know, abuser shit that's coming out. And we were talking about the cultural context of Marlon Manson, which was the same cultural context as Britney. And you have to remember that in the late 90s in America, it was like peak evangelical very you know although like Clinton was still in power it was coming into the Bush era like that era in America was so different to now mm. and celebrity was you know it was it's pre uh, social media uh, which they get into in the do- documentary as well that like you know now we're so used to uh, celebrities having the control on the narrative a lot of the time and if they don't have the control they have their own platform but back then it was really what uh their record uh, labors and directing yeah. whatever would have been able yeah they were trying to maintain you know some form of kind of because obviously her like target audience were those kids who the mothers were like campaigning against but it is a kind of it's a weird one i guess maybe she was trying to balance between you know wanting to be sexy but also wanting to maintain you know like she didn't have to disclose her entire sexual history or yeah. whatever. And I think she was very aware of the juxta of her own like dichotomy of being sexy and being innocent, you know? Like that it's even in her songs. I think she was aware of that and I think that she probably was aware that in order you had to be like a people pleaser in a way back then you know you had to mm-hmm. there the, she was a, a mainstream celeb it wasn't like you know a controversial like it girl it was like she was a mainstream pop star and the people that she was you know competing against was Christina Aguilera and NSYNC and all these other kind of cookie cutter but perfect. look at all these people who were also so hypersexual oh totally like yeah. Christina was the same like Justin like boy bands weren't as much but on like you know the MTV awards like you know they'd be like going on shirtless it was know, celebrated guys though. would and it would be more like just cheeky wild god what are they like lovely body on them and that was that with mm-hmm. like in terms of men but and if you compare say like baby one more time to like a Nicki Minaj video now mm. yeah. it's like okay maybe we shouldn't have complained about the little like and and Britney didn't invent the stereotype of sexy schoolgirl. no yeah I think, but people well, didn't like that she she knowingly played into it. I think that was the thing, you know. Yeah, like it, it like I think it literally just was the fact that the shirt was tied. Like if she was just wearing the shirt, nobody would say anything, even yeah. though it's the same image, it's the same moves, and um, she still has wearing like her crop top in the other scenes. It's just the fact that it's like overtly like, here's my body. Well, she was pushed as well, apparently by people. I remember, um, can't remember where what documentary it was, but when she was told to like with her mouth put her tongue on her lip when saying yeah. L so like Google, Google Britney Spears s- saying the word L because it's just like like you can see it like it's so like licking a lollipop <laughs> yeah and she was told to say that to do that so she was pushed to be like a seductress in that sense mm. yeah and then she said that she was like yes I am a virgin like I'm planning a wait until marriage y'all and then obviously she was with Justin they had been like childhood friends from the Mickey Mouse Club and then she opened for Sync on tour in I think 1999 I think it might have been before the Baby One More Time video came out and she was like booed off stage multiple times because the fans were like we want the boys we don't want this girl they're like she's a slut like she sleeps with the band and all this like they hated her oh because they loved to think um and then her and Justin were slowly just kind of they never really like announced oh we're together because obviously there was no Instagram post to be like yeah a couple selfie but um they just were spending more time together 
and there's so many like they did the the denim look together like they have so many like moments um and then they just kind of broke up I don't think there really was an announcement it just was kind of like they're they're not seen together anymore you know what I mean because at the same time Britney has always been really private so she's not the type of person to go on it show just be like oh just so you know I mean Justin broke up and all this mm-hmm. um and then the clip was in the interview as well of Justin in an interview and the interviewer says again like such a st- strange question to ask it's like did you fuck Britney Spears and he's like yeah I did and yeah. then it's just like Britney's whole image then is shattered. And the the fucking cover was was a GQ magazine where it was like Justin Timberlake, and then it had some subtitle was like, "But at least he got in Britney Spears' pants." It was just like so yeah. shocking, like such a bizarre thing to make like a subtitle about like some pop star, you know. Um, it was so not shocking then though, and that's just yeah, the yeah, truth. yeah. Like now, you know, in hindsight, we're looking back, we're like, "What mm. the hell?" But I do kind of you know as well. In terms of breakups, okay, like in a normal, you know, say not, you know, obviously we're not famous. So like if I break up with someone, you know, you can have all these kind of, when you're together, you have the, like you, obviously they were a united front when Justin and Britney were together. And she was obviously saying like, I know I want to maintain that I'm a virgin. And he was obviously on board with that and kind Mm -hmm. of just going along with that. But when you break up, I do think you don't have that same, um, you know, you don't have to be still like accountable to like what you went along with in the relationship because at the end of the day they were having sex now that's not everyone's business it's no one's business however I can in some ways understand and if you put the shoe in the other foot Justin did follow along with being this like going out and not getting it for like however long he was with Britney and then he was pushed in those um interviews but I did notice in that in the documentary when he did say okay I did and then he kind of joked about it he was like ah no 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 so I do think they cut that a bit so I think you know he I, I don't think now I don't think he like went out to like vilify her and really discredit her and too much neither do I and I think at the end of the day you have to remember like boy bands although like they are right in the documentary that boy bands weren't like sexualized to the same extent as Britney and Christina were and they weren't asked about their virginity and they weren't all that you know but at the same time there what there was and there still is it's like with the whole k-pop thing there's a real big stress on boy bands back then to remain single so that girls still are really invested in the band yeah. so you know you have to remember or straight yeah yeah we saw exactly with Westlife Steve, and Stephen Gately, Gately everything you know and you know and Lance Arm, Lance what's his name Armstrong Lance what's his name Oh, from NSYNC. Lance Bass from NSYNC, you know. Um, But, you know, so he was also on his, he was, you know, uh, going out solo. He was bringing out Justified, his album. And, like, he was also kind of, like, leaning into his, like, kind of Bachelor vibe. So they are, at the end of the day, products of the same machine, you know, that Mm. way. Like, they both had, you know, similar kind of, I'm sure, upbringings in some extent. They both were on the Mickey Mouse Club. They're both child stars and then catapulted into, like, you know, the mainstream pop star. It was, like... It, the, the problem was, though, is that people just ate it up. It, did, it didn't really seem like any of the media... The media were more than happy to go along with the vilifi- uh, Britney being vilified, basically, and being the villain and being the cheater and... But it sells itself. Totally, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, the photographer who... Um, I think he was for um, US Weekly or whatever, he was saying how much money went into it. What do you think about the whole Justin, Britney breakup saga? Mm. What's your take? Well, even after they broke up and he was like, yeah, we did have sex, she was still, like, literally taking accountability from the beginning. Like, she was like, well, I saw myself marrying him and I saw him being my husband. So I wasn't just, like, 
you know, and I don't know, maybe she literally met him and she just was like, let me hop on this dick because like he was hot, but like maybe she was like, I do, I, this could be my husband. So I think I'm just going to like do it or whatever. But then, so yeah, Justified comes out. He releases Crime Your River. They've, such a good song, by the way. Oh, and mm-hmm. such a good video as well. Like, I mean, iconic as well yeah. in that sense. I remember mm-hmm. everyone just being like... Yeah, like gagged. Every, we all simultaneously gagged. Four-year-old me was gagged. <laughs> <laughs> like in the video, there's a, they always say like, the Britney look like it's just a girl with blonde hair wearing a very Britney outfit and the lyrics are like you don't have to say what you did I already know I found it from him so it was so like Britney cheated yeah. and there's like a lot of speculation that she cheated with her choreographer mm. the same guy who was in the Michael Jackson documentary yeah what was his name again I remember he did that he did a really Chad good or something. was it Chad he did a really he used to have this really good show on uh, <laughs> on MTV where like he'd get like four wannabe dancers in and they'd all like do this like dance routine he'd like choose them it was actually iconic. I kind of vaguely and remember that you'll, you'll remember him if you've ever seen the making of the video for Slave for You he's the choreographer in that um, and he's obviously the guy yeah, in the Michael Jackson documentary. Do you remember I, that side note? Do you remember that um, show on MTV where there was a big truck, like a big van, and there'd be like a person in the van and like people would be going in and out dating the guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was like a... Maybe that was a... Maybe that was a 1987 on yeah. MTV when I was born. So yeah, basically he like completely vilified her in that um, insinuating that she had cheated and blah 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 and then she releases every time which it was a lot more it was kind of I think she kind of played into it obviously we still don't know maybe she did she I don't know because every time it's such a like it's a kind of apologetic um and then she kind of did the same thing like she has a Justin lookalike in her video so they kind of were kind of going back and forth um and then I don't that that kind of was it like nothing really then came of it it just her image it just was, I was like, what did Britney do? It was never like what happened or like, you know, what were the issues in the relationship? It just was like, Britney did something because she's the woman and she's to blame. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that must have had like a pretty devastating, I mean, clearly it did have like a devastating uh, result on her uh, professionally and personally, you know, because she then meets Kevin Federline. They have like a whirlwind romance. I mean, they had an MTV show. They did an incredible MTV. Was it's it, on YouTube. What actually. was it called again? Chaotic. Chaotic. Yeah. Chaotic. <laughs> now, from you know, watching the documentary, when she got with K Fed, visibly, her appearance did kind of start. I feel, yeah, to change Definitely. a lot. Then what? she also had that really bad injury that they didn't really talk about in. So that happened in Dublin, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure it was on the Onyx Hotel tour and she yeah. did she did like two nights at the the O2 and then she did one day at the RDS. Yeah. And so I think it was something to do with her ankle or something. She uh, Yeah, she hurt her leg and she had to cancel the rest of this tour, which was meant to be this. She was already uh, doing, I think she'd already done like maybe Europe and Asia and she was going on to America or vice versa, you know, huge worldwide massive tour. And mm. uh, she was doing, as you were saying, like three, some, I think like in London, she was doing two a day. Like it was a crazy, crazy amount of performing. She injured her leg. And that's when a lot of the uh, 
paparazzi shots of her and Kay fed her phone because she wasn't working. She was like, you know, going around California. She had time off. She probably did put on, you know, maybe a bit of weight because she's like fucking injured. You know, that way she's not doing mm. the amount of dancing. She's not working out. And that was a huge, that you know, her her visually, she probably did, you know, if you they did, they did leave that out of the documentary, which I found interesting. I mean, I guess it's nothing to do with the conservatorship, but like, um, it was, you know, it was, it, she was like full steam ahead for so many years. And then all of a sudden she was like not working. She was going out with this guy who was her dancer. But he I was correct? also a bit more normal than, um, yeah. you know, and we always hear Britney say she seems to completely like repeat herself, but saying, I want a normal life. Even, yeah. you know, she's already addressed the documentary and came out and just being like, I just want a normal life for a while. So what do you think? Okay, so obviously the Justin thing. That was kind of when the public's perception changed a bit because she was not allowed to be this innocent, like you're not a virgin anymore. And you actually, not only did you sleep with someone before you got married, like you said you would, you cheated. So if you talk us through as a Stan, the kind of map from Justin to KFED and what you think happened kind of thing. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Glad you asked. So yeah, Justin definitely started the like the media obsession with Britney, like her personal life, not even like her looks or her videos. It was like an obsession with her relationships. And then this is something a lot of people forget about. Britney went to Vegas and got married to Jason Alexander, who was from Kentwood, Louisiana, just a childhood friend. And you know, he spoke out as well in another documentary and he said, we got married at like 8pm at night. The next morning at like 6am, there was like lawyers knocking on my door because Britney is so like, even back then is being so controlled and so monitored. And they're like, they got it annulled literally straight away because they were like, Britney, this is so bad for your image. But then obviously the media found that out, took that and just were like, Britney's drunk and night, like literally ending up getting married then yeah she does the onyx hotel tour 2004 um and i'm pretty sure kpad was a dancer on that tour yeah i think so, so kind of met that's how they started hanging out um which is very weird that britney seems to always kind of date her colleagues like justin kfed and then there's later relationships like that i guess she doesn't well. have the and opportunity then, to be in a world where she would yeah. be meeting other people you mm-hmm. know i always find it kind of bizarre when you know you hear about like matt damon who is married to a cocktail waitress. i'm like you know, yeah. it kind of makes more sense sometimes that like that's the yeah. circle she'd be running in. Yeah. Yeah. So then they started hanging out. They were together. Um, and then, yeah, Brittany was lying low. So it was between like in the zone and then in the zone came out in 2004. And then there was nothing until blackout. There's three or four years in between when she's just kind of with K-Fed. 
she gets pregnant in 2006 and okay I'm, I'm losing my timeline here but I'm pretty sure they got married and then she got pregnant because she is a good Christian girl yeah, yeah. So, she got married and sorry her iconic the, the um, mini dress the mini dress is gas the lace mini dress yeah. like yeah. when she's throwing her and bouquet and she was brunette as well which you know like she yeah. wasn't really like visually she was looking so different you know than the typical Britney and you know you talk about like um in the zone like that album was like I remember I was about I was like 13 14 when that album came out and I was like oh my god she's talking about like fingering herself she's like you know there's there's it's a really like Britney made me finger myself (laughs) but it's an adult album more so she's really changing her image um and her music is following along with it you know and uh, over the next few years from in the zone like you know she visually changes she everything everything changes about her you can see it now with Miley Cyrus like I feel for like these child stars who obviously start off as children so are like you know expected to be innocent and are innocent but then they want to like you know move past that and probably in a more like dramatic way than if they didn't have this like you know we see the same like Jojo Siwa came out as lesbian the other Mm, day like as a 17 year old in a you know like they're being like Christina Aguilera dirty like she literally rebranded as ex-Tina I know and it's like so it's the it's like they have to really make this big dramatic move to remove the shackles of like Mm -hmm. you're not going to constantly be telling me that I have to be a role model or innocent or this or that so she has, she gets pregnant, she has her baby Sean, then she gets pregnant. She basically has Catholic twins. She has kids like a year apart, right? Yeah. So she has um, Sean Preston Federline in, I'm pretty sure he's born in 2006. And then Jaden James Federline is born in 2007. And literally, I think Jaden James is born and then Britney falls for divorce like next, the week, literally the week after, like so soon after. Um, Do we know why? And then there was... No, I just was going to say there's not much known about the relationship, but they, like, a lot of people said, like, Kevin, like, and then that was the time that people started calling Britney, like, trailer park trash, like, white trash, because the chaotic as well. Like, Britney um, says so much, like, she is, like, cursing and, like, twerking, and Kevin is like, look at that ass, and Britney's like, I know you love it, daddy. Like, it's so, like... It's just so not Britney. And then even when they got married, like the, her bridesmaids, do you know what they wore? Guess what they wore? Do you know? What? They wore velour juicy tracksuits with oh, hose yes. in the back. What did it say in the back? Hose. <laughs> and the group had pimp. The pimp. Oh, oh my God. Because I remember like Britney oh, and Paris Hilton at the time, they were known for like wearing their like Ugg boots, the really low juicy tracksuits. Von Dutch caps. Von Dutch caps, like big kind of Dior, those massive shades and having their Starbucks and like ratty ass extensions. And it, it was obviously now we're like, how iconic. No one can recreate that. Like people are walking around with their juicy. It don't look the same. No. You know, it's just not the same as that iconic moment because it was so like... It was so like authentic. As, yeah, it wasn't as self-aware as it yeah. is now. Now yeah. it's like I'm cosplaying. It, so, it was so organic, and that's what Paris said. Like, I'm pretty sure she just tweeted it. She was like, "Back then, we didn't have stylists and all this and that. Like, this, that was my style. Mm-hmm. And now every everyone kind of looks the same these days because they're all just following the trends. But then, like, you know, we just wore what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like comfy as well. That's what I love. They were clearly. It's like. It's like in lockdown, you know, when you're like, oh, I think this is my style. When you're like wearing like your joggers with the socks over the cuff and like, you're like, I kind of, I'm swagging out here. Yeah. So then, okay. So timeline then. Okay. So she falls for divorce. And then obviously with that comes like a custody battle of her kids. And like, Brittany loves her kids. 
like obviously every mother does but like she has just always been always with her kids but she was always branded as a bad mother by the media so there was pictures of her and she had the baby on her lap while she's driving the car there was the there's a video clip like it's not even just a picture you can go watch it she's like walking with the baby and she trips and literally like I'm surprised the baby didn't fall like his hat falls off his head and he nearly has like hit the ground um so she was basically branded as like irresponsible a lot of people were saying oh she like when she nearly dropped him she was drunk at the same time she was partying with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan a lot so it kind of was that time um 2007 all that stuff was going around and people were kind of like Britney is going to be the next Paris and Lindsay just kind of become a party girl Mm-hmm. I remember like those images of like Paris and Lindsay and Britney and Britney always looked so like she looked like a deer in headlights mm-hmm. it was just so like Paris and Lindsay were so like it was they were used to that world they loved that world Britney looked so like a, she stuck out like a sore thumb well, it was like she they just, brought it they brought their like Christian cousin out for a night out when she came up to the city for a night yeah she was like she, oh! looked, she looked like she didn't like it like because oh, yeah. I was that Christian girl and as soon as I got in the club I was like okay mama's home you know like I was loving it you know but like there's some people who they're like oh I'll go out I'll go out to the club and then they're like oh dear god so she kind of looked like that like her even her little outfits were so like fresh and she looks like like Paris is so that kind of like come on bitch we're going drinking she's like okay whatever I'm kind of lost right now yeah totally and there was such a a conspiracy that you know Paris was paid to hang out with Britney and then like again such a disgusting moment to happen. Brittany gets out of a car, low car, short dress, no panties. Her gashes all over the front page. Mm, I remember that. Yeah. I can't, but that was a thing. Uh, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. Bizarre. Like I, you can see on YouTube as well. Like how the paparazzi are bending down and like literally with the massive yeah. lens going right under the skirt. Cross shots, yeah. It's, and I think Brittany's was definitely one of the like. It was like full, fucking. Oh yeah, like, vagina, vagina, and. Like, yeah so like I mean the, the documentary did a really good I, I think it it like did a good job of kind of documenting that time as in the run-up to kind of showing it you know presenting the the facts without like really having a spin on it you know there was some speculation yeah. that she was kind of struggling with uh, postpartum depression I'm sure like her uh, custody battle and divorce is like bringing into that you know it's I mean I can't imagine having a divorce in the public eye to a guy that everyone said was bad you know it's like it's embarrassing mm. it's like i mean you, I, she's not working really she you know she's not touring and she's being hounded by the paparazzi and then they're yeah. calling her a bad mom when they don't give a fuck about those kids when they're like hounding her with mm-hmm. like hundreds of paparazzi like when she's trying to walk down the street with her kid what happened with the custody battle well so okay so that kind of was the meat of the documentary right like I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes long about 45 minutes was this yeah and then the the later part was 2007-2008 the whole breakdown era and I think that really did center around the custody of her kids because Kevin and the kids like made her crazy um so apparently they had 50-50 uh, when it all started and then when Britney was kind of partying more it was reduced to like 70 30 and then now let me think we're, we're yeah okay so so Brittany had like minimal custody so this one time she's in her house with the kids and like a social worker came to bring them back to Kevin's and Brittany was like I like I'm don't I'm not giving them back like they're my kids I'm not giving them back to him so she like locks herself in the bathroom of her house 
and she's in there for three or four hours and like they're knocking on the door there's helicopters circling there's like 50 police cars five ambulances and I'm pretty sure the bathroom was small that's why they couldn't break down the door because Brittany was against the door and they're like we're gonna harm the kids or whatever and the kids were literally I think like two and like 11 months or something they were like babies and then the door's broken down Brittany's taken out literally such distressing imagery of Brittany strapped to the stretcher and like she's bawling her hair is like a fucking nest on her head like (laughs) you can see that she's like not there Mm. like she's not okay Mm. I mean I find it interesting you know that Brittany was that it was 50 50 first because obviously Brittany had the money you know this was not a they uh, both filed for full custody. Yeah. And then I think they must have come to an agreement that they had mm. 50-50 custody or something like that. But it's, she was paying him alimony. It's just pretty rare. And still and, is, um, I think. Yeah, no, she definitely is. Um, Yeah, I mean, the looking back at, like, you know, prior to the breakdown and prior to Kevin Federline, when you're seeing her in the interviews, she does seem to just not be all there ever. I yeah. now there's a massive change, obviously, and you know, in her mental decline, you can see that. But looking back, you know, at the Diane Sawyer interviews, and like you said, she answers really well. But she just that pressure from such a young age. I just don't think there's any one reason as to why and what's going on. But mm. I don't think that there's any way that she can pedal back. I think it's just like she was basically an experiment. We see it with all these other stars. I just think it's an impossible task to be mentally sound with that lifestyle yeah and um that that's just it like her answers went in interviews from being like nice um well-worded answers and she was funny and charismatic and then they literally went to being like yes sir no sir we're not talking about that like very like why are you even doing an interview like it's it's very like forced yeah so then all that stuff happens and then February of 2008 Brittany is driving around LA like the paparazzi pictures of her like in McDonald's like she's literally like a Big Mac and Fanta and like she just that's what she did like she just drove around LA and that's what so many people say that like Brittany didn't have a friend in the world like her friend she had her cousin but obviously it's so hard like how are you supposed to make friends like how are people supposed to get close to Britney Spears so they're like if they weren't working for her they were her family so who did she have around her so like she just drove around by herself or with her dog or with her cousin because she didn't have her kids mm. and how can so, she trust her family when they sold her basically as a kid to provide for them mm-hmm. yeah literally so february 2008 britney's aunt had died so add that to like the melting pot of the custody battle everything that's going on with her a failed like marriage as well it's all kind of coming together and then She's driving around LA. She's with her security guard. They go to Esther's hair salon in LA and Brittany had gone in and she had said that she wanted her extensions removed because they were too tight in her head. And she was like, the apparently they had only been put in so they couldn't really be taken out. And she was like, no, and Brittany's like, shave, shave my head. I want, uh, shave a bald. I don't want hair. Um, I don't want, like, Lishy's such a rejection of her blonde hair mm-hmm. imagery like a dying it and then b shaving it off and her sexuality there, her femininity and her and britney yeah. and britney spears the product rather than like the person you know it was like that's what she was known as and even when you think about her barbie like doll collection all have the the blonde hair and like it just was completely going against that 
And the owner of the salon said that she was there and she was like, she was like, I was talking her down because people come in all the time and they want to do all this erotic things to their hair. And I was like, you might feel different tomorrow, like just sleep on it and come back. And she was like, I walked over to, I think she was to close a blind so the paparazzi couldn't see in. And she heard the the buzzer. She looked over and Brittany's like already shaved off half her hair. And, and those images said, are iconic. We all know them. Yeah. People have got and tattoos those of images, them. Those images came because Brittany's security guards apparently were like, there was like, you know, like blinds that are like shutters kind of. Mm-hmm. They were opening the shutters near the window so the paparazzi could take pictures. That was literally how oh they got God. the photos. They're probably getting cash in hand from the paparazzi because yeah. like, you know, something like that. Obviously you can't. She made, yeah, because she made so much money from it, you know, so like, I think like, you know, to talk maybe a bit for, you know, the next few minutes on the latter third of the documentary about the conservatorship, because, you know, I think everyone is so aware of that breakdown and, you know, how that kind of rolled out and it was so distressing and, you know, yes, it's iconic, it's it's just such a it's such a it's complicated iconic. it's a, such a complicated moment in, in pop history because you know? she never really came out and like you know we have not we're trying to kind of jigsaw together Britney as a person but she really doesn't she's like Kate Moss like she doesn't give us a lot of dialogue or yeah. interviews to be able to understand where she's truly coming from we don't really see the the her true self even now on her Instagram it's like what's going on but I understand yeah. like you know when you see like the deterioration of a celebrity it's a lot of the time with their hair because like, you know, a normal person can only afford like stenos a couple times a year and they have breaks because, you know, they're not in the public eye. But like, we've seen it with like all the Geordie Shore girls. We've seen it with Katie Price now. We see it with Britney. Like their hair, it's it's impossible. You should not have extensions for the whole of your life. So I can kind of understand being like, just fucking shave it off. I'm going to start from fresh mm-hmm. in a way. But just as a visual, it was so like, oh my God, it's so shocking. And it shouldn't really be like a woman shaves her head is it that mad well I think it just was the fact that she literally like just stormed into the salon and just the the hundreds of paparazzi around the salon taking the pictures and Mm. then there's a video clip you can like literally google like I think it's from x17 and it's Britney walking like Britney why did you do that she's like because of you don't touch me Mm -hmm. like she like says that I literally just got got goosebumps but she (laughs) is literally like I'm tired of people touching me and thinking that I'm this this thing I'm like literally rejecting Britney Spears I don't mm, want to be yeah her. and, and if I, she had just had those stenos done and they were fucking wrong or whatever if she was uncomfortable with them I've had stenos they can be sometimes uncomfortable I'd say she was just like fuck off with the I say constantly preening me I think it also you know on a deeper level is probably you know her trying to grasp a control of like not only her own image but of how you know what what she sees is why she's becoming such a commodity you know like she and she's also probably like you know fuck it I'll give them what they want she knew what they want you know at the end of the day yeah maybe Britney isn't like always all there maybe she was definitely suffering with her mental health clearly but like she's aware in the sense that she knows that she's being followed she knows that they're looking for chaos she knows that she's being that what is selling like she's not dumb you know that way she's seeing the the headlines I'm sure and I'd say part of it is a rejection of yes Britney Spears the like pop star and of her image and of her sex symbol um kind of status but also a rejection of like or also like giving them a fucking headline and her yeah, being in control that world. but her being in control of the headline you know she's like I mean it's literally in one of her lyrics no you want more I'll give you more like that is what she was doing there you know she's well they like, become the headline you. I yeah. mean you know it's it's when you're we said it with the Marilyn Manson kind of you know it's like you became the parody you know like Britney became 
you know, she just was like, she can't, she probably understand, I'm sure, that you can't run from it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So the conservatorship obviously um, came into play after, you know, obviously then there's the famous, you know, her bashing in the paparazzo's car with an umbrella. um, And the conservatorship came into effect pretty soon after that, if I'm correct. Yeah, it was 2008. So it kind of, the shaving the head and the attack on the car was within a week mm-hmm. because when she's in the car, she's bald. Yeah. Um. So I think that her family was like, okay, we need to we need to get to Brittany. We need to sort this out because obviously there are positives and negatives. Like she could have gone the way of like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, like turned to, I don't know what. Amy Winehouse. Um, yeah, literally. Um. So clearly they stepped in because they were like, this is what we don't want to happen. So her dad puts her under a conservatorship, which, so you can have a financial or a personal one. So he had both. So he was the conservator, basically the the owner of Britney's finances, her assets, everything like that, but also her as a person. So even today, when Britney is signing a record deal, it's Jamie Spears. It's not Britney Spears. Yeah, he can like literally sign on her behalf. For business deals, personal deals, financial deals. One thing that I found so fucking weird uh, in the documentary when they were like, I think it was when they were interviewing those two podcast girls. uh, They were saying that like they literally referred to the conservatorship as a business at one point. They were like, this conservatorship is making so much money. It should be considered a business uh, conservatorship at the moment. It was like, that's what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. And then, you know, even at that time, Brittany was like 5150'd into like rehab, which she literally was like committed against her will. Um, she would drive around and pay for things with $100 bills because she didn't have a card. She didn't have a bank account. Um, and then Brittany was kind of lying low. And it, I just think it's insane. And it is so inspiring to anybody that Brittany went through all that. Releases Circus, the album goes number one, like that week. Crazy. Like it's crazy. And then... Um, she's kind of back and people are like Britney is she's on her comeback then she does the Circus World Tour my first ever concert in Dublin I was nine Um, yeah and that's you see the clips in the documentary the people being like Britney is back like y'all think she's gone like Britney's here to stay but people don't know what's going on behind closed doors you know like at the time Britney says that the conservatorship is happening and she does the documentary off for the record mm-hmm. um and she speaks kind of candidly about like you know the doctors and the lawyers they're listening to me but they're not really hearing what i'm saying mm, that's a really good documentary yeah it's great it's a, and it's probably the one where she speaks most it was crazy because the start of the concert like is you know how they have kind of like some visuals at the start the start is like Perez Hilton dressed as like a, the queen and like a clown because Britney again is playing into like he is orchestrating all this stuff and obviously she probably read all the stuff that he was writing about and he had said like Britney Spears gave me my career because I wrote about her daily because there was so much material and he opens the show with like being like oh it's Britney and then the concert she's she's killing every move like I'm not even going to say anything about that because like she is like she's back like compare like her performances then to like 2007 and also her costumes brown panties like she's showing that body like she mm-hmm. is like i'm probably 28 29 like i i'm doing this i'm doing the thing right so it was amazing oh it was i nine-year-old me was like <laughs> couldn't breathe in my skin. 
really gagged. It reminds me of um, similar enough to like the Amy Winehouse story because if in that documentary, it's when she is, you know, her friends and everyone is so concerned about her drug abuse and it's like you know been documented by the media again she was someone who was like hounded by the paparazzi 24 7 but there's so many videos the last couple years of her life like 2007 2008 like when she is playing shows and she's like fully nodding out she's like scratching her arm she's on heroin she's on god knows what but she was pushed out on that stage Mm -hmm. so did if we think back like britney never was she ever visibly on stage like looking incapable, which is like the whole part of well, the conservatorship. The, the Gimme More performance, right? 2000 and um, MTV. Yeah. The 2007 BMAs, she is like very badly lip syncing. She's literally stumbling. A lot of people were saying that she was drunk. And then even in, um, for the record that was in 2009, she's like saying like, oh, they're not going to show the 2007 performance or are they not? Because she knew it was bad and she was so embarrassed by it. Um, it was bad, but it wasn't like, I mean, if you look at some of Amy Winehouse's on stage, like um, they are harrowing. Right. Yeah, but I think Amy Winehouse was kind of known as a hot mess. You well, know so what I mean? Brittany. Yeah. She was, but like, she was never known for like substance abuse. You know what I mean? It was like, she wasn't like a rock star. Like Amy Winehouse had that like rock star kind of thing. She was, you know, photoed around being like- I know, but there's being a rock star and being like literally like- Oh I no, mean, I know, I'm so not I endorsing think- it. I just mean that like for Britney, that was shocking. I had heard like rumors from people that it was like, she was on Ambien. And it also the whole, another thing, which was like a big kind of shocker with that performance, which, you know, is, another thing on kind of like her appearance but you know she was always known for having like such a like banging dancer's body and she apparently came and was like i'm wearing this brand knickers when they had a different uh, uh, costume for her and she came out and it was just like but i think in terms of shocking that's pretty low like yes her body wasn't as tight as as it probably had been before and yes it wasn't as good as her previous performances but she'd been like you know that's a huge super high intense you know situation to be in where you like have been subjected to this like horrendous abuse on through the media and now everyone is waiting like I remember the wait for that performance and she came on and it wasn't perfect it was called like the comeback but I mean like it's just like being out of work like she was out of practice so I think in terms of like you know the shock that that took I think was very much over exaggerated because looking back on it like I mean I saw Sam Smith I was watching him on uh, some awards the other day shite you know like I mean (laughs) I I guess what it was was just that yeah like I'm not saying that like the performance was as bad as it was made out, but the standard that Britney Spears, and this is like, you know, uh, a critique in and of itself, the standard that she was held to, she was like MTV's darling. Every VMAs, she came out and like blew everyone away. She, if you think of iconic VMA performances, it's Britney Spears. It's her ripping off the suit and being in the nude suit. It's her with the anaconda. You know, she was always like the showstopper. Then this is like, you know, throughout the breakdown is kind of starting and then it's like Britney Spears she's on her way back as Jamie said she had not released an album in like four years this was known as and her and her management which is is more of a critique on her own management because she clearly was not capable of a comeback performance then she was clearly being pushed to make this comeback to become lucrative again and she was pushed into something that like you know it's completely irresponsible for someone to do like if she was not okay mentally right there right there no matter if the the performance was you know lip sync or bad dancing bad or she wasn't like in good shape for it you know it's she clearly wasn't like ready for that from herself you know she was 
on something. Well, apparently her shoe was also broken. So really? that was why she was dancing very weirdly. But you can see like, it's literally the Mariah Carey of like, you're walking and your dancers are dancing around you mm-hmm. to make you look something. But then, um, yeah, so 2009 in for the record, you can see her like recording. She literally has her headset on like used to have on right now. And she's singing into the thing and she's just like, womanizer and then she's like is that okay and they're like yeah she puts her handbag on and leaves yeah. like it's so not like doesn't care do you know mm. what i mean like she's doing what she's told like she's like you want me to sing okay and then she's just like literally handbag on and out the door yeah. do you know like it's not like this is my my art anymore this is my passion like clearly she fell out of love with that i feel do you think she's still you know if we're looking now like if we're looking conservatorship on forward and she's you know performing in vegas she's still making albums her music is like i mean lackluster compared to how iconic her music was you know she has that it's kind of like edm dancey now it's you know it's strange do you think that like musically she's in control do you think she's being kind of autopiloting or do you think she even fucking cares anymore well, so under the conservatorship, she has released Circus, Femme Fatale, such a good album, Britney Jean, which was a, like, a, a chart and, like, not economic, what's the word? A flop. Like, for, for money. It was a flop. It yeah. was, like, a, a flop. Then Glory, which mm. was 2016, that was her last album. And that, like, she did the video for that, which was where she met her, like, like now, like, boyfriend slash carer. Mm-hmm. Um, so she really all that under the conservatorship she did the circus world tour femme fatale world tour the vegas residency piece of me the piece of me world tour and then she was supposed to do the domination show Mm. in 2019 i think it was supposed to debut in april 2019 which is i think where people just everyone the world is confused which is like okay so she's under this huge big control however she's still put out for work just like it's like surely that's the most hypocritical thing in the world you're saying that she's incapable of you know looking after herself of being in control of her finances and her livelihood however she's able to do these like huge big shows and she should be able to be working it doesn't make sense like a residency in vegas what do you think you know we obviously get the little weird videos on instagram and we see britney and it's all kind of everyone's like just i i mean everyone's just kind of like so confused over who she is right now like what do you think is going on with her and what do you think is the like answer what would you like to see well Britney Britney was quiet for a long time and then 2016 before the residency she was doing a lot of press and kind of was getting back to normal she was always posting on Instagram posting with her kids then after the world tour the world tour was kind of the last time the Peace Me World Tour 2018 her Instagrams became very strange very cryptic like if you look at her dancing videos she like is not moving like a person like she looks so strange and then she posts um instagrams of like a hole in a wall and the caption is like there's always a way out and she's like the light is at the end of the tunnel and everything so that's just kind of strange it's like it's not really it wasn't really overt at the time and then this podcast was set up called Britney's Gram. And they basically were like, we love Britney's Instagram. Like we basically, every week we're going to take a picture and analyze it and what Britney meant and blah, blah. So then, yeah, Britney was supposed to do domination in April. And then I think in, it must've been merch. She posted a photo of like her, a childhood picture of like her, her mom and her dad. And she was like, due to my father's declining health, 
the show was cancelled, not postponed, cancelled, which was very strange. And then radio silent for 17 days, which Britney doesn't do. She doesn't not post. But obviously, yeah, family time, you know. Then she the posts a quote on Instagram, which Britney doesn't really do. She does it kind of a bit more now, but at the time, she never really posted quotes. And it was just some quote, and then the caption was like, sometimes we all just need a little me time with like an emoticon, like a dot dot and a smiley face. And Britney is like that woman who puts like 50 love hurts but like her messages and like bows and like high heels and lipstick like in all her pictures like overuses emojis and so it was visibly like out of the ordinary and then Britney's gram was like discussing this and then they had gotten a they have like a like you have the burner phone for ex-gals they have a voicemail but they put out an episode that was like emergency listen now and basically they were playing a voicemail from a guy who was like, I'm a lawyer. I worked with Britney's legal team under the conservatorship and Britney has been checked into a mental health facility against her will. And that's where she is. That's why she hasn't been posting on Instagram. That picture that she posted with the emoticon, she didn't post that. Like a member of her team did it. So basically that's why the Free Britney movement started because it was like Free Britney from the me- me- mental health facility mm-hmm. at the time. So are people thinking that she is in, like, because that that's the confusing part because it's like, She's able to post, but yet she's under such um, restraints. Well, then there's there's a lot of conspiracies around if she is even posting, if she has to ask, because her like life is under so much control. Some people are like, is that guy Sam Asgari? Is that his second name? Yeah, he came um, out. He, uh, like, the people are like, is he in control of her phone? Like, Is he working with the dad? Yeah, because like, a lot of people are like, he clearly is, he pretends to live with her, but like, he will Instagram story in a different apartment. Like, you know, it's like yeah. this very, what do you think about that boyfriend situation mm. to be honest like I like seeing Britney happy and like with a guy because I feel like even in the documentary they showed the clip of her being like you know th- this is my job right now but in the future I just want to have my family I want my husband and my kids and maybe this will be a hobby on the side or something like that and I'm like so she clearly is very family oriented and like she has had such weird boyfriends and mm. then we saw in the documentary when she was with that like paparazzi mm. guy who like has they still have a restraining order against him because she's just had so many bad relationships but him I'm like again I'm like yeah why are you not like standing up for him for her now he has kind of said some things and he was like oh her dad is a dick and he needs to treat his daughter right and all but I'm like why did it take this documentary for you to speak up oh so he's spoken up since the documentary has he against the dad He posted an Instagram story that was okay. like her dad's a dick. Saying that um, he's trying to control their relationship. Okay. Which for me, tinfoil hat on, I'm like, finances is the main issue around the whole surrounding Britney thing. It's mm-hmm. making money and trying to handle and control the money. And, you know, a lot of people, then the fans are saying, why can't Britney, if she so wants to fucking like spend all her cash in a irresponsible way if she so wishes you know if she, especially if she's still to this day making said money it's, it's not yeah. like it's a bank of money that she's made you know 20 years ago mm-hmm. she, she's still fucking raking it in yeah now the boyfriend is visually odd because and i agree like i mean she dated that paparazzi she dated kevin Federline. the only kind of like quote-unquote normal relationship that made sense was her and justin which mm. i think is why people still cling on to that britney and yeah. kind of like are like she was normal then but she wasn't she wasn't normal like I said look back at the 
she looks, you know, she, it's interesting because when you see her in those interviews with Diane Sawyer, like obviously she's like a great performer, but she doesn't seem to be like an attention seeking person or something. It doesn't seem that doesn't seem to come naturally to her, I feel. Yeah, she seems to be an introvert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think now this boyfriend, even like I don't really it doesn't make sense. Like there's photos. He's obviously this like kind of bodybuilder-esque guy. Oh, yeah, like model. model -y kind of like um, kind of camp in a way. Like there's some, there was one photo on his Instagram yeah, where he's wearing like elfin braces like with yeah, he, over like he's not wearing a shirt. It's very, he's a dancer as well, right? Yeah, he was in her slumber party music video and that's where they met. Which again, that's why people are kind of like this is set up because he's so not a dancer. Yeah, he's so not built like a dancer or, mm. you know, anything. And I think that the, th the weird thing is, is that so much of her life is so secretive now that people speculate about absolutely every single aspect down to her boyfriend. Um, and I, I do think there is something weird about it because, you know, he's a chunky years younger than her. That, not that that's really that strange, but she doesn't seem like mentally coherent now there's a lot of conspiracies that like she's either being prescribed drugs that she's not taking and that's making her seem a little off or the opposite some people are saying that she's being given drugs that she doesn't actually fucking need and that's why she's having like she's looking kind of twitchy and tired in a lot of her videos what do you think like realistically jamie like so the the free britney movement is obviously huge this whole fucking documentary was made about it like do you think there's hope for um the conservatorship at least to be passed over to maybe an independent financial advisor that she wants that's what the thing is that came out at the end that's like she filed for the conservatorship to end in the hands of her dad she's not even looking for it to end mm -hmm. fully she just wants like a bank or a financial representative who's independent do you think there's any hope in that happening anytime soon well to be honest like the the kind of news about this broke in april 2019 and it's been almost three years of this and i just it's so weird because we don't know if britney knows about that we know about it and that we're talking about it because yeah. like again her instagrams are just so she doesn't really like talk about anything she'll be like i'm doing a q a what's my favorite movie frozen and that, that's another cryptic thing she's like mm. because that she just she can't deal so she has to go away and live in a castle and it's kind of like okay well do you feel like you're li living away and even like her instagrams these days her kids are never in them mm. um how long has it been since she was with the kids um that, like from like, what we know from what we like can speculate apparently like Kevin has 70% custody and her dad has 30% custody. So her dad can choose if Brittany gets to see them or not. And that has kind of ever been, been ever since the, the, the domination residency was canceled in 2019. Um, but pre that, like her kids are always on her Instagram. She's posting videos with them and everything. So it's just like, no one really knows what's going on. And she posted it at Instagram the other day. I have it screenshotted so I could read it. Um, she posted, a video of her performing Toxic in Vegas and she was like, I can't believe that this is three years ago. And this was the following caption. Each person has their story and their take on other people's stories. We all have so many different bright, beautiful lives. Remember, no matter what we think we know about a person's life, it is nothing compared to the actual person living behind the lens. What? Whoa. Are you that seems to me like, because I read that as well before and I was like, it seems like she just doesn't want the attention from the outside world or yeah. something like she doesn't like and we won't know and that's the thing and i think we'll never know it's so frustrating yeah. it's so hidden well, it's so secretive and she doesn't seem to be able to speak to express what's going on if she's not allowed if she's drugged we don't know 
Yeah, and that's what people always speculate. It's like, can she not just go live on Instagram quickly mm-hmm. and be like, guys, like, help me? Or apparently, like, they've said to her, if you ever do that, you'll never see your kids again. Mm-hmm. Like, I- if you, like, speak out against the conservatorship and everything. But also, you guys played the the 911 call, where she's like, hello, this is Britney Spears. I'm scared of my dad. Like, apparently, mm-hmm. she literally fears her dad. Yeah, and I think that, like, from what we know, even, like, from the facts that we know, that of, like, court files and those 911 calls and everything, and just old um, interviews from her, I think the, the most unfortunate thing about all of this is that, you know, she said what she wanted. It was very clear that Britney Spears was happy to be an entertainer, but when she met a husband and had kids I think she was happy to retire like I do Mm -hmm. genuinely think if her and K-Fed ended up having a functional relationship she would have been happy just to not really do entertainment anymore I think that's the issue because like Amy when I said the exact same yeah you know she was like I want to be married and I think that like unfortunately for Britney Spears you know although she probably she probably does want to fight the conservatorship to an extent I think that realistically what she wants is like a peaceful low-key life with her children I think that she wants to have the conservatorship taken away from her dad because clearly her dad puts so much control over like whether she can see the children and it's too close to her and I think that although she I'm sure she like I'm sure she's aware of all this you know the documentary and stuff I would be surprised if she's not I mean she might not be but I, I would say she is and you know I think that fans have the best intentions and I think that on, on, it's a net good because I think more people know about it but I'd say for from her perspective she just wants I think she kind of wants to just be like she says like in the Frozen thing she's like one of the sisters just like wants to go off in a castle I think she literally just wants to live like a quiet life with her children and I think that's it, totally unrealistic. Oh, it though. totally is. And I mean, if she does want that, you know, like I again, like when you're looking at these celebrities, like Amy Winehouse said the same. She was like, "All I want is to have a load of kids, get married," and that's mm. clearly like what she was seeking. And Britney was seeking, like she got married to her high school sweetheart, and that didn't go right. She got married to K. Fed. She loved Justin. She wanted that normality. But I think. How can you get normality when you've never known it? And yeah. like, if she's saying, you know, oh, I want this normal life, I just want to be, why are you posting on Instagram to your millions of followers every day? If you want, you know, this normal life, you could have that, you could, but she wants something, she's putting it out. So I think it's kind of, it's like kids saying that they want to be these Instagrammers. It's like, I don't think she, I think she has this ideolation of like um, this normal life with a husband, but she'll never be able to obtain it. And she has, mm. you know. Well, it's like anyone saying, I want to be. And she's not a, even trying. It's like someone wanting to be like, you know, being like, I want to be a pop star and known everywhere. You know, it's the opposite yeah. when you have a normal life. Do but you I mean, think, she doesn't so, want it. Jamie, do you think that there is like a normal life in store for Britney? Well, I'm not going to say like, I'm not going to say I don't want her to have that, but it makes me sad that she's so, has been so victimized by like the world and the media that she completely rejects it. And I'm like, I, to be honest, I do think that if she had her way, she would like just post her pictures on Instagram with her kids in her house well, I want her to go on tour. I want her to do shows. I want her to make music because that's what I love. Like, I need content from you, Brittany. Like, I don't just need these Instagrams all the time. So I want her to be happy. But like, you know what I mean? It's like, if you two were quitting the podcast, everyone would be like, please post things, even if it would make you happy to not do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, there is always like, you know, and that's the thing with when someone has like such stands, you know, people are always going to want that. And I'm sure that that did bring her a level of happiness as well. You know, I just think that the unfortunate thing is, is that even if she is using it as a job and she's working, it's just so horrendous that like she doesn't get to actually enjoy any of the fruits of her own labor, Mm -hmm. especially for someone who clearly has worked 
you know, like a Vegas residency is like nothing to turn your nose up to. Like the, and her tours, as I was saying, were like known as like super intense tours. That's why she was in such good shape. She was dancing her fucking little arse off. You and know, even if was, you think of the traveling, yeah. like traveling around and performing For to two that years many people, like it's at, at a time, you know, every single wow. fucking night. It's, it's nothing to, you know, say, oh, it's just easy being a pop star. It's like she, that, that level of pop star that Britney was, um, was so just of its time and and she's worked all her life yes. you know like she's worked since she was what 10 years old or whatever age yeah. um i'd love if she did like a, a stripped back world tour like so yeah. she played like the olympia <laughs> an did. acoustic set oh yeah remember that what was that album that she was meant to bring out and it was all these like acoustic songs something doll or something original doll original doll i would love if that came out i loved like so it kind of ended on Felicia, her friend, her best friend, her assistant. And she kind of gave a moment of hope. She was like, I do believe Brittany Jean will tell her story one day. Oh. And she had this little picture of them and it was so fucking She's very she, cute and her little gaff oh, and all. Her gaff just being decked out in Britney Spears shit. I know. She broke my heart because I'm like, she is like a piece of trash in the Britney Spears machine. She was just thrown out. They didn't give a fuck. Like, but I remember her like when growing up with Britney, I remember like she'd be in pictures. Like, yeah. You know? And I was always like, so random that her best friend is so much older than her. But obviously, you yeah. know, she was like a guardian. <laughs> she was like helping her. And I wonder how she got hired. Did they touch on that? I can't remember. The if mom hired her mm. at the start, but yeah. there, she basically, when the conservatorship happened, she just was, she was rehired as like a tour manager. And then she was like, just, and she was giving backstage tours. And then she just was never rehired. So she was just shoved out kind of um, and she never had like an official title so I guess that was easy to do but she was like Britney Spears will tell Britney Jean will tell her story and she had this picture and she was like this is when we were in uh, Times Square for the first time and it was me and Britney and we wanted Times Square in the background it was just so sad and it was kind of like her one as you said like Britney Spears didn't have a friend in the world but she did have a friend in her and a good person you know she was clearly out for the best in her and and you can see in her house that she didn't totally. capitalize on the Britney thing at yeah. all like she had she obviously loves Britney and was proud of her but like she's living a modest life kind of thing I would love if that did happen you know if Britney did get to say something like mm. she might not we might not ever probably will never get the full story but I would love if we got something from Britney herself mm -hmm. I I hope that we do at some point you Who, know okay here's a um Here's a question. So obviously we saw the Diane Sawyer interviews and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I love those sit down hour long interviews. Who would we love to see if we finally got her to do this Ooh. like tell all interview? Who would we love to see? Interviewer. interviewer. Jamie, any thoughts? Is well, there an interviewer like that at the moment? Like those kind of. To be, to be honest, I think for all she should come in this podcast and spill the tea on yes. me. <laughs> It goes. <laughs> I feel like I was walking into that. Jamie, who do you think yeah. would be brilliant at interviewing Britney Spears? <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, and you can call the episode Brick Girls. But <laughs> yeah. um, I think maybe, I think, I think Diane Sawyer is not afraid to ask a question that, you know, even like Whitney Houston, she's like, when's the last time you did crack? You know what I mean? Like she will ask the questions and maybe it will kind of be a kind of callback to like, you know, you kind of, you asked so many of these questions to begin with. And an apology maybe. Yeah, it's coming full circle. But Pop Crave, the uh, Twitter account, tweeted that Britney Spears is reportedly working on her own documentary about her life with a prominent female maker, female filmmaker. Ooh, I wonder, is it like Rashida Jones? Oh my gosh, imagine. <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, and well, apparently it's also a speculation that 
um, Kim Kardashian mm. is looking into like the conservatorship. I'm like, that would be fucking gas. That would be beyond <laughs> iconic. But yeah, I no, I would love to see Diane Sawyer. I think so. As yeah. like, you know, and I mean, again, like everyone's like coming for her and saying like, apologize. And I don't like the way she interviewed her. However, that was how media was at that time. She didn't create that. She just was, that was her job, you know, like, there's so many people to blame in this She's, sense, but it's like more a societal yeah. issue and how we as like, you know, can you blame us for eating up the the drama but of it all? Also, Diane Sawyer, at the end of the day, like, you know what you're getting from a Diane Sawyer interview. She she goes there, you know, that's especially mm-hmm. with her celebrity interviews. Like she's not she's not a handholder. She's not an Oprah. She's not um, she's a journalist, you know, and she does go there. She she cuts through the bullshit. Um, so although it was obviously that interview was hard to look back on, you know, her management would have known what they're getting into. And with Brittany the handled Diane it well. Sawyer. She did. Well. And it, it was it was, you know, she looked honest. And so I think I'm the same. I think if a Diane Sawyer interview came out I think two hours special oh could you imagine and accessible to all because I can't stand the looking for the goddamn link I know but like I'll pay I'll pay whatever yeah. I don't give a fuck like a Conor <laughs> McGregor fight for females <laughs> and gays <laughs> okay Jamie we better uh, leave I, it there have you anything else to uh, end on anything else to say I just think the standout moment from the documentary was when Felicia was saying I'm doing this interview because I want to remind the world about why we fell in love with Britney. Mm. And it was her music and it was her videos and it was her personality. It's not all this stuff that's happening now. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that this whole situation is introducing a whole new generation to Britney's music and Britney's videos because they are so iconic and they are so like comforting to me. And I just, it, nothing makes me happier than like Britney Spears being a trending topic. Good. Yay. Okay, Jamie, thank you so thank much you for joining us. Thank you so much, us. our resident Britney Stan. So if that does come out, we will get you back on. Hopefully we will be in a little while doing a show, being like, let's talk about the Diane Sawyer yeah. interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Britney moves to Ireland. Britney moves to Ireland. Uh, thanks so much, Jamie. Okay. Thank you, Anne. Bye.